Hello, and welcome to the Slow Style Home Podcast. If you don't want a cookie-cutter, generic home, and instead you want a beautiful, meaningful home that's layered with personality, then you are going to be so inspired by the conversations we have on this show. We talk about why the environments we create matter and how to set up our rooms to evoke specific feelings and experiences that are right for you wherever you are in your life right now. I'm Zandra, your host and creator of the Slow Style Home Framework that teaches you how to make really thoughtful and informed decisions about your home rather than chasing current trends that may not last or staying stuck with rooms you hate, feeling overwhelmed with too many choices. Right now, when you join our monthly membership, the Slow Style Society, you'll get a personalized deep dive into your vision of what a dream home looks and feels like. And together, we'll come up with a plan on how to achieve that. If that sounds pretty awesome to you, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society for all of the details. I'll tell you a little bit more about it later on. Right now, let's just jump into today's episode. Welcome back to The Little Yellow Couch. I'm Zandra, your host of the Style Matters podcast, and this is the show where we talk with designers who are particularly interested in creating homes that are not only meaningful, but attainable. Now, whether you're moving into your first home or rethinking how your home's been functioning for years, get your hands on my free guide, Three Things You Must Do Before Creating Your Dream Home. Don't buy another throw pillow until you've got these three things covered. Just go to littleyellowcouch.com, sign up for the newsletter, and the guide will land in your inbox. Before we get started with the episode, let me tell you about today's sponsor. Sleek Sockets is a brand new, unique home decor product. Its ultra-thin outlet cover plugs right into your outlet and allows you to hide all of those ugly dangling cords that you see behind your furniture. They come in a space-saving 3-foot version, an 8-foot version, and a child-proofing 9-foot version. These have cord clips provided to conceal the cord from your baby, so there's no access to grab hold of or chew on the cord. Sleek Sockets ultra-thin wall-hugging design blends with the wall for an uncluttered look, which I know we're all going for. And they come with three outlets at the end of the cord, so you can plug in multiple things in one place. Sleek sockets are up to 90% thinner than traditional plugs and cords, which means you can not only hide things, you can move furniture flush up against the wall, which I love. They also include removable adhesive strips that neatly secure the cord to the wall, making it nearly invisible. With the holidays coming up, wouldn't it be nice to take care of this final little eyesore before inviting guests into your home? It only takes a minute and you can order right on Amazon. Just type in Sleek Socket. Well, everyone, this is the last episode of the season, and we're going out with Rebecca Gardner, owner of the interiors and event planning company Houses and Parties. She's known for her over-the-top events and her signature style of mixing high-end, top-of-the-line decor with a funny, unexpected playfulness that allows everyone to relax, even in the most formal of settings. 
Her work has been featured in Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, Town and Country, Southern Living, and Architectural Digest, and now on Style Matters. I found her when I was flipping through the latest issue of Veranda Magazine, where she was featured, and I could tell right from her photo that she must be the most gracious, fun-loving host. So I really wanted to talk to her, given the holiday season that we're all about to enter. So I thought that having her on the show to talk about parties would be helpful and inspiring, and it has been for me. Now, like I said earlier, this is my last episode of 2019. I have loved being with all of you this year. I can't believe the year is coming to an end, but I will be back with all new interviews starting January 6th. Okay, so back to today. On our call, Rebecca and I got right to chatting, and I decided to leave in the first part before the official interview started because she was telling me about a pop-up shop collaboration that she's currently doing for the holidays, and I wanted to make sure I got that into the episode. There's a link to it in the show notes page. Okay, here's Rebecca. We do interiors and events. Okay. Um, hence the name. Yes. And we are doing a really cool pop-up right now um, at a shop called Cortland and Company. Oh, this, yes, I saw that. Yeah, her, this is Cortland Stevens is my dearest friend. Oh, how nice. Yeah, we have been um, throwing parties together for like 20 years, um, starting with like horrible fondue Indian style on the floor. (laughs) And so we thought it would be fun to do a pop-up together this holiday season, and it's available online. Um, Oh, that's – I will link to that in the show notes page for sure. I did check it out, and there's some adorable things in there in your shop that you've put together. Thanks. It's fun. Very saccharine. <laughs> yes, I like it though. It's cheeky. I like it. <laughs> we we just touched a little bit about on on what one of the many projects that you have going on. And I wanna talk a little bit about how you got started in the first place in events, in planning, in interiors and all of it. Well, I've always loved planning parties. And as a child, that started with um, planning my birthday parties. Mm. I would work year round on ideas for what I was going to do um, in May, which is which is when my birthday is. And um, I, you know, you you think back at ideas that you had one year, I had a pink and green themed birthday party that had sort of a twist of pink piglets involved. Oh, cute. <laughs> it's very Lily Pulitzer, except for the piglets. I, I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. And my favorite animal was pink piglets, not to be confused with pink pigs. <laughs> Please. And I loved pink, but I also loved green. And so the birthday invitation read, join me for my pink and green and piglet barbecue barbecue (laughs) but um, my mother thankfully allowed me to express my um you know bizarre creativity at an early age oh good I had a um fashion show party one year and all of my friends came in their fashion looks and walked one way around the corner of my house and my mother asked a local newscaster who to me was a real celebrity at that time yeah um, to mc 
the show and I was the bride at the end in white polyester. That is brilliant. I love it. I love that you had an MC. Oh my gosh. So funny. (laughs) (laughs) So I've always loved parties and I think it's a great way to express appreciation. Mm. Yes. Right. Exactly. Of course, my, my bride birthday party was more about attention. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) <laughs> right, as children as children are wont to do. Yeah. Um, so you split your time currently between Savannah and New York. Did you grow up in Savannah? No, I grew up in South Texas, and and then I moved to Savannah. Gosh, a long time ago, because South Texas is so hot. Yeah. Um, Savannah is such an incredible. It, Savannah's hot too, but it's so lush and beautiful. It's like one big garden. And um, so I craved all the, the beauty and history here and have not left since. So I'm very curious to know how you define Southern hospitality. My, my trips to Savannah and Charleston, I have to say, were oozing with hospitality. I think that Southern hospitality is really rooted in um, taking care of your guests and making Mm -hmm. them a priority, especially because of the remoteness, you know, of different communities within the South originally. Mm. And so I think that that um, stereotypical uh, indulgent comfort food or excess of bourbon um, (laughs) or, you know, whatever those things that are now distinctively Southern really are all rooted in having a damn good time and making sure that everyone's well fed um, and has plenty of cocktails. Um, (laughs) Going to a party in the South, um, you know, a hundred years ago was much different than it is now. But I think that the entertaining is distinctively Southern. Um, Mm. Also because Southerners have such an appreciation for heirloom things and heritage and history And um, that translates really well into a beautiful table. Oh, it does. It does. And you are so good at that. Let's jump right into that. Um, You you talk about, one interview I read with you, you said something like, the perfect tablescape has something fancy, something casual, and something surprising. And I am all about surprises when it comes to interiors. So what do you mean? Give us some examples by something surprising we might find on one of your tables. I just like parties or rooms or tabletop to um, be really confident and fun and certainly beautiful, but I don't like anything that has an ounce of self-conscious. And so hmm. I think if you have a, a a fancy or formal table that you're really proud of, you have to do something cheeky that tells your guests not to take them, not to take it too seriously, or that you're not taking yourself too seriously, so that people really do have a fun time. And there are all different ways to do that. Like if you have beautiful mice in China, you know, serve Chinese takeout, or, <laughs> you know, or if you have a, a chef that you want to use that's very cuisine, then serve ice cream sandwiches for dessert, or you know, a naughty parlor game. Um, <laughs> Cortland and I, that I was telling you about earlier with whom I'm doing a pop-up this holiday season, we have an annual New Year's Eve party and we call it Sing for Your Supper. And the idea is that everyone has to sing together 
some sort of holiday song in order to get your next course. Oh, and no. What's more fun as the evening goes on and everyone has had more wine or champagne. I bet. And so that, that to me is a blast because I don't think that there's any sign of a successful port party more than like a loud sing-along, um, <laughs> an enthusiastic Hark the Herald Angels sing, or like a pair of spangs under the powder room sink, you know? <laughs> yes, that is a good party. Yes. And I love that your focus is so much on the people and their experience. You you didn't really mention much at all about specifically what fork to use or, you know, what, what, the, what the edge of the napkin should look like just now. Well, I assume that everyone knows that. <laughs> yes. And if not, we should. You know, to break them. Right, exactly. Know the rules to break them. Absolutely. I, I wanted to just throw in there two little things that I noticed at your sugar plum pop up that you did at the St. Regis Hotel in New York, which, by the way, is a gorgeous, gorgeous hotel full of lots of, oh, I don't know, uh, nods to hospitality, I think. But anyway, I, was that this year that you did this or last? No, it was in 2017, and I loved working in that hotel and with that company. It, it, it's pretty wonderful. You know, that when that hotel was built around the turn of the century, the idea was that it was a place for travelers to feel like home. Certainly a very particular traveler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, I believe they have butlers for each per each per guest. It, that was my experience when I was hosted there once. Not it was totally a gift to us, but yeah, it, yes, it's quite it's quite nice. <laughs> well, at the time that it it opened, the New York Times rumored that the the chambermaids carried room keys on strings of pearls. So I thought, hell, this. Fabulous. I'm definitely doing a pop-up there. Yes, that's, that is such a great story. I hope it's true. And if it's not, <laughs> let's just pretend like it is. Right. So you did this sugar plum pop-up and uh, my, um, I have a history with the Nutcracker. My mother is a ballet teacher and she does oh. the Nutcracker every year. My son is in it every year. Um, but anyway, my point is, is that I'm very familiar with the story of the Nutcracker. And then when I saw your cheese board, that had little mice on it, not real ones, cute little, I think they were stuffed animal mice. I thought that was so brilliant. And another way of not taking anything too seriously. Yeah, yeah, they were fun. They were velvet, um, silk velvet mice. And I found this woman on Etsy that was making like silk velvet pomegranates or something like that. Oh, okay. I emailed her in Hungary and said, I'm sending you this silk velvet. Can you make mice for me? And, um, I thought, well, here goes, you know, several hundred dollars. And they actually arrived and they were beautiful. So perfect for the theme. And really, it, it was a gorgeous, lush dinner. But it it had that element of surprise, like you said, and not taking itself too seriously, which was so great. And one more thing I want to mention, because this is such a good idea, those those crackers that everybody gets at Christmas time that you pull apart from both ends. I always hate them. They're stupid with little <laughs> stupid plastic toys in them. But yours, you filled with costume jewelry. That is so brilliant. People can just put their tiara on right then and there at the dinner table. Well, I am from Texas. And so I like a little flashy rhinestone jewelry. So, <laughs> I, so like, much fun. I like parlor games a lot. Uh, do you have another one that you want to share with us? Oh, my favorite parlor game is probably Would You Rather? Which okay, yeah. Be, 
It can be themed however you want and as naughty as you want, depending on your audience. <laughs> right. But we do a lot of would you, I say we, I do a lot of would you rathers like for my own dinner parties, especially if I've invited new people, because I think it's kind of a funny you know, wild way to get it going. Well, speaking of inviting new people, I want to ask you about how advice on creating a great guest list. I just like guest lists to mix together. Or I I guess the best way to say that would be, I like guest lists that have all different kinds of people. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly there are occasions where that's not appropriate, like someone's birthday or, or Christmas. But I think inviting, you know, a black sheep to your Thanksgiving table or having people of all different ages and races and interests is really fun for a cocktail party and a dinner. Uh-huh. I feel like the best gift that you can give someone is a new friend. Oh. We tend to get so um, comfortable in our own social circles and you, you naturally rely on on the same people, you know, to make you feel good. Absolutely. I I think that to have someone else that you trust introduce you to someone that makes them feel good can ultimately be the greatest gift ever. So I think, I think making people feel a little uncomfortable and keeping them on their toes is fun for a cocktail party because you never know who they're going to meet. Right. I love that. I love that getting out of our comfort zone a little bit and mixing things up. I think that's really good advice. And is there, as the host, how do you kind of encourage that mix as opposed to people kind of just sticking with the one or two people they already know? Well, I think being a gracious host, which, you know, sort of goes back to your question about Southern hospitality. Yeah. I think it's so important that people that are hosting a cocktail hour or a cocktail party have to realize that it's really about your guests and it's not so much about you. Mm-hmm. And so you have to work, you know, it can mm-hmm. be an Academy award-winning performance. <laughs> Like you are not, um, you don't have a care in the world about when dinner is going to be served and you're not worried about someone drinking red wine on your silk sofa. Um, You have to really make an effort to introduce people thoughtfully and with enthusiasm. Mm. And I think that it goes, that it goes down to the detail of what you have on. Like, do you get dressed and then take off your high heels or do you... (sighs) sit on the arm of a sofa. You know, I, I think that hosting a party with a generous spirit is a lot of work to put together. And it's also a lot of work during the party. And that's, yeah. that's a way to give love. Yes. Oh, I, I love those images that you just created of kicking off your high heels and sitting on the edge of a sofa. Those little cues. I, I do think that our guests take the cues from, from us as hosts, you know, of how to, how relaxed we're allowed to be kind of thing. Well, exactly, exactly. And of course, everyone has an element of stress and anxiety, you know, hosting any kind of party, whether it's at home or at a venue. I personally like parties where they feel like a little breakfast at Tiffany's, a little barefoot, a little smoking out the window, (laughs) you know, champagne in the bathtub. Right, right. And do you have a good time at your parties or are you so focused on everyone else that you you don't even have time to have a good time? Well, I do parties for a living. So um, when I'm doing a party for a client, I don't necessarily have a good time because I'm working and I'm making sure that everything 
is perfect and the light is changing according to what's happening and the music as well. Um, Parties that I host for myself, just like for my clients, I plan like General Patton and I have a (laughs) post-it on every fork and I have the cocktail napkins pre-folded and I have the bar set like I want. And then I drink wine while I get dressed and I have a good time. I mean, of course I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's really, the planning does make, I mean, I agree with you completely. The planning does make a difference. Oh, I do itineraries and um, (laughs) sometimes I do photographs with how the food is supposed to be on the plate. And I mean, you know, just asinine things that must, you know, be kept secret. (laughs) (laughs) Except we just spilled the beans, but yes, no, I get it. I get it. It's, but, and then I'm my, my guess though, at least for your own personal parties is that then you let it all go. I, it sounds like you are not the one that's walking around worrying about somebody spilling wine on the sofa. No, that's so dull. Yeah. (laughs) So I have a silk velvet sofa in my living room that I'm looking at right now. And when I first, um, I had it made for this kind of crazy room. And when I first had people over, someone sat on my silk velvet sofa with like tanning lotion all over the back of their legs. Oh my God. And um, I think it's kind of, I did not think it was funny at the time, but I think it's kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good cocktail party story. <laughs> you know, it really is. And that is the truth, is that all of these mishaps can be turned into very entertaining stories. So yeah. there is that saving grace. Yeah, I think houses really um, love parties. I'm going to interrupt us here for just a sec. I want to remind you about our sponsor for this episode. Sleek Sockets is an ultra-thin outlet cover, and it hides all of those ugly cords that hang behind your furniture. Remember, they are 90% thinner than traditional plugs and cords, which means you can push your furniture flush up against the wall, which is another great feature. The wall hugging design comes with adhesive strips that also secure its own cord to the wall, giving it a really uncluttered look. You can buy them on Amazon or go to their website, sleeksocket.com. So I want to talk a little bit about the building blocks of setting a gorgeous table. I mean, can you kind of walk us through, pretend you have an empty table without even a tablecloth on it, and how do you kind of start to layer it? We'll be back after a quick break. I assume you're here because you want a -a one-of-a-kind, personality-filled home, right? Well, in order to have that, you need to define and develop your signature style. When you do that, you're going to understand how to mix what you already have with new things you find, focusing on who you are and what you love, putting it all together in a cohesive way. So what's stopping you? Well, let me know if this sounds about right. Not enough time, not enough money, and a lack of creativity or design knowledge, which makes you feel overwhelmed and insecure about pulling the trigger and changing things up. This is why I created the Slow Style Society, to help you take action on making your dream home a reality. It's part social club for people who like to just geek out on design and part hands-on learning experience where you get better and better at making decor decisions for each room in your home. 
And for the next few weeks, I'm offering all new members an additional one-on-one style session with yours truly. So I'll take you through the lessons so you know exactly what to focus on inside the Slow Style Framework, in what order, and you'll have a personalized support system from me to get you there. Go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society so we can get started right away. Let's not wait for that imaginary perfect time to create your beautiful, meaningful home. Again, go to slowstylehome.com and click on Join the Society. Okay, back to the episode. Well, I'm sort of an anomaly because I have a garage full of tabletop. Oh, I'm sure so you I do. I have a good treasure trove because it's what I do for a living. Right. Um, but I always tell you know, people that ask advice on putting together a table that the, the first place to start is like, what are your assets? You know, just like when you're okay. getting dressed um, to go to a party. Like, what, what, like, do you have a small waist? Do you have a great, you know, great hair? Do you, I mean, you know, whatever. What, what, what are your assets? So I think if you have a beautiful tablecloth, you start there. And if you have your grandmother's, uh, you know, candelabra, you start there. So I like tables that have beautiful treasures on them. And I, I think that, that that's where you should start. And then the best way to tie everything together is with flowers. Mm. So I love patterned tablecloths and I love hand-painted china and I love Murano glassware. And sometimes it doesn't all go together when it's bare, you know, on your little mock-up. And the best way to tie it together is is with um, live things because flowers come in all colors, shapes, and sizes. And what about candlelight or lighting in general? Yeah, candlelight is the only light. Um, even like in a living room or or a library, I mean, I, I turn off the lights and have candlelight in there too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's little differences like shadows and dimmed lights that people don't actually notice, but they feel it. Okay, right. So on a table, I like all the lights to be really, really dim. And I like candlelight at as many heights as you can get. I think it makes everyone feel beautiful and therefore have a better time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very flattering. Yeah, it's very flattering. And it it adds a little bit of, I think it adds a little bit of mystery and maybe a little danger, which is necessary Uh. for any party. Yes, definitely. And then you often, as you, we were talking earlier, you often add a little bit of surprise. Like sometimes you have little, just little funny things that you have on the table that you might not even notice right away. I, I, I give, give us a few examples of that. Well, gosh, we did a party a couple of months ago and uh, poppies were in season. So okay. we had all these big, floppy, outrageously sized red poppies. And then I put together a collection of just inexpensive but fun, mostly from, I don't know, the 1940s, little Chinese figurines or Asian figurines, just beautiful little treasures. And so we tucked them underneath the flowers. I think that's a perfect example because you wouldn't even notice these little figurines right away, right? They're kind of hiding. Yeah, so we we tucked these little figurines underneath the poppies like it was a gigantic hat from my fair lady or they poked around the side or there was a fat buddha that sat proudly at the top of a plate and it was sort of like who do you have what's at your plate you know what we created little stories with props and I love like 
cheap little plastic toys. We did a party for a friend of ours who is an artist and paints animals. And so we had plastic grasshoppers and snakes and things all over the the table. I love little silly things. So what are some of the staples that you use as the foundations for most of your tablescapes? Now, I know that you have, like you said, a whole garage full of things to pull from. But for most people, are are there things that there's some basic things that we should or could stock our linen cabinets and our pantries with that you just recommend work with everything across all seasons? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think that the only thing that's distinctively winter is something that might have you know, fir trees or holly and berries on it. I, I think that, you know, even something like Heron's Queen Victoria, which has distinctively springy butterflies and bugs mm. and pastel colors, that can be fabulous at Christmas as well and look sort of icy and um, mm. pastel. So I don't think that anything that's good as a rule has to be, um, you know, for one particular season. Okay. Um, I think that a pair of good candlesticks, silver classic mm. candlesticks is a, a good staple as well as flatware. I think that you should do everything in sets of six because I think that's a nice number for a small dinner. Okay. Um, I think a basic white linen hemstitch napkin is something that you'll use for the rest of your life. You know, as we've been talking today about ways to make the table surprising, your collection may have nothing to do with tabletop or the things you love may have nothing to do with tabletop. If you collect books, you could make a great looking tablescape out of books. You know, oh, I, yeah. whatever you love can be integrated into an occasion. That's such a great idea about looking around your house and bringing things in from other parts of your house. It doesn't have to be something that you bought at a, you know, at a table store. <laughs> Whatever you call it, kitchen store, dining room store, yeah. Right. So I want to wrap up with asking you about why style matters, why does putting time in and giving attention to your home matter when it comes to having people over or when it comes to your own enjoyment of your home? A lot of times people feel self-conscious about having people to their homes because they're not perfect. And I think the truth is, is that anyone is flattered Um, and feels very special to be included in someone's imperfect home. Mm. And if you make an effort and you work on the lighting, (laughs) let's walk through your door and and you're saying to them, you know, welcome to my private world. Not everyone gets to see this. Have a strong drink and relax and have a good time. And look at this effort. I did all of this for you. I hired these napkins for you and I picked up or cooked or hired this meal for you. And I sat you next to this person. And this is all just for you, just for this night. And I think that that, no matter what it looks like, that gesture is, is really kind and dear and quite intimate. Absolutely. And I really, what I'm really taking away from this conversation that you've come back to several times is it's about, it's the, it's an act of generosity. I, I think people get really hung up on, on how their choice of uh, linens or China uh, or decor, how it reflects on them. And they feel like either they might be judged or they sort of want to show off a little bit and say, look, look at me, look what I can afford or look, you know, what I put together. 
and then then I feel like that creates tension. Whereas I, as you keep saying, if you're the host and all of your attention is on the guest, you're more relaxed. I think. Sure, sure, absolutely. I mean, even when we do, um, you know, very fancy, very thoughtful parties for for a luxury brand, and it's really for content. The content is saying we care. We created something beautiful for the people that are in our world. It's all about entertaining, which, you know, can mean all sorts of things. But for me, that's, that's sort of the gift of, of fun or the gift of joy, the purpose of joy. Oh, thank you so much. I think you have put us in a really great state of mind as we go into this end of the year season and we may be either attending or throwing parties but it's something to I think carry out throughout the whole year I just really think this is a wonderful way for me to wrap up my 2019 season so thank you so much for your gracious time today Rebecca oh happy holidays to you too I'm I'm really so flattered to be included thank you Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to grab your free copy of my new guide, Three Things You Must Do Before Creating Your Dream Home by signing up for the Little Yellow Couch newsletter. Also, I hope you're listening to this podcast on the Radio Public app this week. Until then, bye for now. so much for listening. I know your time is valuable and I really do appreciate you spending it with me. And please, please, please take a minute to leave a review for Slow Style Home wherever you get your podcasts. It honestly does help keep this show on the air and your feedback is highly valuable to me. Have a great day and I'll be back in your earbuds soon. Bye for now.